Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey man, it's me, Kevin Smith, Silent Bob, and all those terrible Jane Silent Bob type pictures, man. You're listening to Drop the Mic, the only podcast that I listen to that I'm not a part of. Every podcast I listen to, I usually talk on it, but not fucking Drop the Mic. That's where I'm like, let me hear what the boys have to say. And now, we drop the mic. There's a word in Korean, inyon. It means providence or fate. You believe in that? That's just something Koreans say to seduce someone. What a good story this is. Childhood sweethearts who reconnect 20 years later and realize they were meant for each other. In the story, I would be the evil white American husband standing in the way of destiny. Shut up. He was just this kid in my head for such a long time. I think I just missed him. Did he miss you? Welcome back to our humble San Diego podcast. We are your hosts, Wesley Swanson and Ryan Jimenez, and together we are a drop the mic. This is episode 339 called Meet Me in Montauk, where we will be revisiting the A24 film Past Lives. But first, let's get warmed up, shall we? What's up, man? How are you? Welcome back. What's up? How's it going? It's good to be back. Little, We took a little little break. Yes. We we're both really busy. You uh, jet setting everywhere <laughs> and me being a... Uh, Bitch slapped at work. Uh, holiday retail is no joke. No, holidays for you ain't no joke either, fool. That's true. That's true. You be doing this. Will be doing everything. Yeah, he can probably build you a house, <laughs> and he don't got fucking just learning on the fly and shit. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very very true. And now for a special news report. Brought to you by Drop the Mic. Caitlin Devers reportedly in talks to play Abby in The Last of Us Season 2. If you're not familiar with her, she was in, um, what's that Hulu movie? Alien, Alien one that just came out. Shit. I loved it. No one can save you? Yes. Yeah. Um, she was fucking awesome in that. Um, so I, I think she can pull it off, dude. That's a pretty big role for someone to take on and I know even psychologically it's going to be pretty tough. Is she 100% that she's locked in? I don't think she's 100% locked in yet. There's just uh, rumors and, and reports saying that they're in talks with her. Because I saw 
Um, I think it's just like who the fans want cast, but they were saying uh, Florence Pugh would be really cool. And I could see that. Maybe. I could see that too. Do you think she's too old though? Oh, yeah. As opposed I mean, she does look the part though, dude. Like, yeah. and though she doesn't look old, obviously, but she does look the part. Like, um, she just has. She just she put on, like if a she, badass. If she just put on like uh, a little bit of muscle, you know. Yeah, I didn't hear that one though. That That's actually fucking awesome. Yeah. 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 Either, either, whatever, whichever way they go, I'm pretty sure that it's gonna kick ass. Uh, what next? Uh, just a couple, a couple hours ago, news broke that uh, Timothy Oliphant has been cast in a major role for Noah Hawley's uh, Alien series. So that's badass. I fucking love him. Yeah, he hasn't done anything since um, what is it? The uh, that show with Drew Barrymore, right? Uh, yeah. He was in The Mandalorian. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Never mind. <laughs> he was badass in that. Everything he does is fucking good, dude. Mickey. He's just like, uh, what's his name? Like I said. In the- <laughs> um, <laughs> I just got the- <laughs> um, What's his name from Killers of the Flower Moon? You know, if you see a movie with him or showing with him in it, you know it's going to be badass and it's going to be good. Uh, Jesse Plemons? Yeah, Jesse yeah. Plemons. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, moving on apparently Jackie Chan and Ralph Macchio are set to star in a new Karate Kid movie yeah that was part of my news and I was kind of like I had read about that sometime last year and I was kind of like alright but we have I know you haven't dove into Cobra Kai but Cobra Kai is already so good in, in my opinion so I'm like well okay are they going to finish out like the series with a movie if so like why does how does jackie chan come in but i guess it it kind of makes sense um because the each season of the show they're bringing in um they bring in somebody from a past film to be like okay you know not necessarily the villain but do villains do have a part in it or whatever but they'll bring people from that you recognize from the the og um Hmm the og movies so including that the the reboot is actually kind of genius um i've heard back and forth things that it's not going to be affiliated with cobra kai but then i also read i think it was today or yesterday that um they have in fact um brought aboard the uh, creators of cobra kai as consultants on this new movie or whatever so pretty interesting stuff and dude you need to watch cobra kai I know, I know. <laughs> I got have to watch it, and uh, but I, I do hope it. I do hope it has something to do with it because everyone I hear from, including you, everybody says that show is fucking awesome. So it would be it would do it do uh, do it justice by you know attaching Jackie and then kind of just continuing that story because <clears throat> um, the series is 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 it ending soon. Yeah, I believe they are going to do one more season and then it's supposed to be um, done. And also, let me just say how fucking good Ralph Macchio looks for 60-something. <laughs> yeah, he's getting up there. So I don't have that much much news. I just have one more little 
little big humongous piece of news. Okay. Um, but um, Saturday night Survivor Series, CM Punk came back to WWE and blew everyone's fucking mind. Um, probably the biggest biggest news in in recent memory that since probably he came back to AEW. Um, this is ten times bigger than Edge going to AEW, um, but it's 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 a huge thing for wrestling. It's gonna we were talking kind of off air about it, but it's gonna send tidal waves across both AEW and WWE. Um, Story wise, money wise, and then I, the biggest thing I think it's gonna do is I think you're gonna get a lot of those AEW people jumping ship. Um, just because they see how wild Cody's doing, how Punk's doing, and not only that, they got Jade Cardgill too, and she's gonna be a fucking megastar. So it's gonna be very interesting to see. And I know all three of those people that I mentioned from AEW to going to WWE. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see who else, you know, jumps ship. But uh, it's a crazy, crazy time that that CM Punk is back. In WWE, he's one of my. He's probably he's my favorite next Eddie Guerrero. Um, he's the reason why I got back into wrestling the second time. He's the reason why I got back into wrestling like before he left WWE. So um, cool, cool times, dude. I cannot. <laughs> I wish I would have recorded my, <laughs> my 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 reaction because I yelled and jumped out of bed faster and louder than I ever have. <laughs> Uh, I think I was out of breath. I was fucking crying. It's a good time. Good time to be a wrestling fan. Can I ask you what you, I know what your answer is going to be, but I want to ask you anyway, what are your thoughts on, on Matt Riddle commenting on uh punk coming back? Did you read that? So yet? I did read it. Um, I, dude, he just, you know, I'm going to say this and I'll, I'll probably I'm probably gonna piss a lot of people off right now, um, because this is how I think. First off, bro, he in, instead of tweeting at CM Punk or WWE, he needs to better himself. He has some serious allegations against him, and WWE tried and tried and tried to work with him, and one he either couldn't be stay clean or he couldn't keep his hands off of women. And I don't know about you. I know, I know the rest of the world knows. I don't think CM Punk has ever caught a charge like that ever, right? No. Um, it goes to the same for like, um, I don't know if you, I'm sure, I don't know if you know who she is or I know a lot of <clears throat> like wrestling fans know who she is, but um, Matt Hardy's wife ha and, and I mean, uh, yeah, Matt, Matt Hardy and, and, his wife had like this big thing against punk, right? And she like continues to like talk shit on punk when he was fired for the first time from AEW, when they brought him back, and then when he was fired again, she went off on TikToks and on Twitter. And again, that's all fine, dude. Like you have something against him, whatever. Personally, whatever. But both of those people, and I love the Hardys, but Matt and, and his wife have no room to talk. To play, place blame on anybody, to talk shit on anybody, when they're both abusers, 
You just don't get that right, dude. And it might be the punk fan in me or, you know, but at the end of the day, he's never abused anybody. He minds his fucking business. And yeah, he can be a shithead sometimes, but you know what? That's what brings him the money. So going back to Riddle, I hope he gets the fucking help he gets. But at the end of the day, dog, you, you need to keep your mouth shut. I wasn't aware of the, uh, that's why they let him go. Most people, yeah. yeah, yeah, dude. You just see, he, he, the, the, the abuse allegations, they, they kept them. You know, there's a lot of wrestlers in WWE and AEW that have the, that have those allegations or have been committed, um, or, or even served time for, for stuff like that. And they keep these wrestlers on, which is whatever, but you can't be talking like that dude. And, and, and knowing you got shit, shit, excuse me, shit going on. And I saw all the replies on that tweet and it was literally the same thing. Like, dude, you have no room to talk. Damn wild stuff. Wild stuff. But that is all my news. Sorry for uh, going on a rant about my boy and protecting my boy. That's okay. That's okay. I thought it was ingenious because <clears throat> they literally, they put the little trademark for Survivor Series and you're thinking, yeah, this is, this is done. No, nothing special is going to happen. And then his fucking music <laughs> comes on. <laughs> And you know what was one of the giveaways is like all throughout, even throughout those hours, all the wrestling um, journalists I follow and everyone who, who who covers wrestling were all saying like they haven't, they hadn't heard nothing, nothing from any of the sources. No one fucking knew, which, which lines up with Triple H saying no one knew except for him and the CEO of TKO who owns a uh, WWE and UFC. Um, and the, the like the, the my favorite thing about that is like what you just said like the surprise it wasn't ruined by no one like when Cody Rhodes came to WWE though that was the big rumor right no literally no one knew and I checked my phone maybe a minute or two before that happened and one of the writers was like shit I changed my mind I ju- I just heard something so it, they kept it a secret for so fucking long up to the minute where no one knew, like no one knew not even the, I, from what I heard from what I read, just the talent in the ring knew like right before they went on for that main event, they knew the people in the ring that were going to be in the ring. They they pulled them aside and they knew. Uh, okay. So and, Orton and, and everyone knew everybody knew and Michael Cole knew, but there was head writers, the production team in the trucks, there's video of uh, some, they just let a uh, release video of the production team and a couple of the hosts of one of the WWE online shows. They didn't even know. So when his music hit, they were like, they were just as blown away as everybody else. <laughs> um, okay. I have two pieces of news, excluding the big one that we're going to talk about at the end. Um, Toy Story 5 is happening and Tom Hanks and Tim Allen will officially return for this uh, next ad- outing. How do you feel about them doing another one? I think we've talked about this before where like 3 was like so perfect and ended so well and then we were, I, especially me was like man do we really need 4 and then that was really good um, and I'm going to say the same thing like do we really need 5? Like is <laughs> 
those two movies were like the third one was such a good ending for Andy, and the fourth one was such a good Andy for the toys, right? Like, they were perfect. At this point, it's like, why you guys probably should do a mini series or something. Um, it's <clears throat> do okay. In your opinion, do you think that this is now turning into a cash grab? Because it seems like everyone they're like, there's going to be no more, and then you know, I could, I, I definitely can see that, but it, 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 it. It's not like the Fast and the Furious, right? Where that is just literally a cash grab. Like, those movies are fucking terrible. These movies, like, three and four were actually really good, right? Yeah. And they they always, they're very good at outdoing themselves somehow, you know? Yes. Um, Something that I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've read, or have you read anything about, like, what it might be about? There's contemplation where they are saying that they want it to be, like, that... Um, Andy has a family and that he's now looking for his, his childhood toys. Um, so I don't know if that means he's going to go back to that, to that, the girl that he gave him to in this, in the last one. Um, and then Woody is missing. So how is that going to work? Um, so it'll be interesting how they kind of bring it all together. But as far as I know, it's supposed to be like about Andy being an adult. See, that makes that if they were to come out and like say okay this the fifth one is it this is it no more and if they went with that story everything would kind of be i mean we've had endings but you know it it would make a kind of full circle right like them going back to where they belong with andy and his family um so i could see that working but um like you like like we just said dude they always tend to to outdo themselves so hopefully they do it for the fifth one um, in some more sequel news, apparently, um, Creed four is also on, on the way with Michael B. Jordan, not only starring, uh, back in the director's chair. Did you see, uh, the third? I haven't seen the third. That's on my list of movies to watch before the year ends. I'm trying to consume all this fucking media with. All right. There's not well. enough hours in, in the, in the, not enough time in our life to consume all the media we want. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I definitely want to see it because I've heard good things about it and I've heard good things about his his, his direction. Um, do you think Stallone will come back or that's still a no? So <clears throat> the last I heard about that is that um, Michael B. Jordan and Stallone, uh, their relationship is solid. They're good. And it has to do with who the guy who owns the rights to rocky and all of that that franchise i guess stallone has some major beef with him and is refusing to come back until he no longer has like the final say and he's said and i think more than one interview where he's like as as soon as that guy's out i'll come back i don't i don't care i'll come back but while he's in charge like it's a it's a no-go so with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I could go on and say, like, do we really need another one? But, I mean, it kind of makes sense because there's a lot of uh, 
of Rocky sequels. <laughs> so it's it's kind of like the the next generation of, of those kind of mainstay boxing movies, I guess. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then um, I'm assuming what you left out for me to talk about is the uh, the whole scream controversy. Yes, the elephant in the room. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, wild stuff. It happened a few days ago now. The Spy Spyglass Media and Paramount um, released Melissa Barrera um, from Scream Seven, and it was a pretty wild reaction, and and you know, pretty sad as a as a longtime fans of the franchise, you and I, you know, and then the next the the next day. Jenna Ortega leaves, um, mm-hmm. stating that uh, she was going to be busy with um, Wednesday season two. Very peculiar timing with that. And um, and now, now we know that the uh, I guess the writers have thrown out their the script that they had been working on, the original script for Scream Seven, and now they're writing something completely different, and are looking to bring back Nev Campbell and. Patrick Dempsey as the, the you know as the couple unit from Scream 3 that are also mentioned I think in the last one in 6 mm-hmm. um, very quickly thoughts on this even though I already know I mean it's just um, man it, it's there's so much to unpack here and it, it, it Obviously, it's it sucks for the <clears throat> the film and the franchise because it was going in such a good direction. Um, but most importantly, dude, for what she was talking about and what she was speaking up on, for her to lose her her job, it is complete bullshit. You follow us on if you follow us on social media, or Wes or I. Obviously, we we haven't done with, with the show, but you, you know our stance on that stuff, and you know you know if you're listening to the show, I'm pretty sure you're you're pretty much you know backing what she said and, and what what the entire world is saying, and for her to be just tired for like I said, dude, all I'm gonna like I'll continue to say bullshit. It is is ridiculous, and <clears throat> like the scream part is isn't even the bigger picture. It, it's having her voice silenced, uh, having a, 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 a brown woman's voice silenced over what she feels is right and what we know is right is is the worst. And I, I her her post after she was fired was worded perfectly. And I'm sure 20 years from now, 30 years from now, we'll look back at this time and, and people doing that types of stuff, speaking out for black and brown people is going to, it's going to be crazy to look at 30 or 40 years from now and, 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 and seeing what they were, they were, 
but she's not the only one, right? Wasn't Susan Sarandon thought by her 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 um her talent agency, her, yeah. her talent agency too? So, but it uh, definitely sucks, dude. It's um, uh, <clears throat> it's kind of um, it's also kind of strange, bizarre that these are you know two women that are being reprimanded for essentially just displaying their uh, opinion, you know? And, and especially Melissa's because Melissa's, there was no hate in her message at all. Nope. No. Nope. And when you're speaking out, especially about something like that, no one is spewing any type of hate. If you, if you're, 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 you know, like we talked about off air, dude, and, and I'll say it right now. Just because you're pro Palestine doesn't mean you're being an anti Semite. It means that you just fucking care about people and the lives of people, and and the, you know, what's happening there. And what she and she worded it perfectly. Like I read, even like when the news broke, and I went and I. I was like, what the fuck? Like, they're, they're basically saying, like, you know, that's what she was saying. And I went and you read all her stuff and it's like, they just made something up. Yeah, because because <laughs> even if you go back and you read her response to what happened to her, it's pure class. There's no hate. There's no exactly. lashing out. Like you said, on the right side of history. That's all. That's all it is, dude. All you, all we can do is, is just like, like, just like hers. We can just continue to support that cause and 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 speak up and say things. And it might not seem like this is me even talking to people listening right now. Like it might not seem like that's a big deal. Like that's big. Or I've even heard things like, you know, me personally. Like I've, I've, I'm staying away from companies that have have are a, a part of that the other side and i've heard you know things being said like you know that's not doing anything it doesn't matter if it's doing anything or not you're doing what you're you're, you're doing what you think is best and <clears throat> if you're listening to this and you have like you know some you haven't spoken out or anything like that that's perfectly fine but don't be afraid to speak out And now it's time for the weekly recommendations. So, I finally watched Oppenheimer. It took me forever. I went out the day, day of and bought it. Should have grabbed that 4K because the 4K, I guess, is selling out everywhere and it's very hard to find. But I got the Blu-ray and, man, like I, like I told you off air, dude, I think, I think this might be his best. I really do. It is, um, and you know what's crazy is it's three hours, but the pacing of it is fucking perfect. Doesn't feel it. It doesn't it feel does, like it. It feels like fucking two hours, dude. He, he could, it could have went on for fucking five hours and I would have been fine. <laughs> it's, it's that good. And I was a little, I was a little skeptical because, because of that runtime. It's the same reason why I haven't seen Killers of the Flower Moon yet because, I don't really want to go and sit in the theater for three and a half hours. I, I, I just, and everything about it, dude, the, 
and and I told you I told you this off air as well. But um, what I what I love about Nolan the most is like out of everyone, everyone in his cast. Even if you ha- if you have a minute or two, and, and Nolan's great for giving you those, oh shit, he's in this movie or she's in this movie. He gets the very fucking best out of his cast, and every single buddy is fucking. Even Josh Peck is fucking good, dude. Yeah, he is. Everything, everyone that that's in that movie is perfect, and. I know he was. I think I read somewhere where Robert Downey Jr. said that um, he thinks this is like his best role, and it fucking is, dude. Because he is fucking forcing it. Give that man an Oscar. Yeah, yeah. That if <laughs> man, there's a lot of supporting this year, and obviously Ryan Gosling is someone that I really want to fucking win that Oscar. But goddamn, dude, it's gonna be hard to take it away from fucking Aubrey Downey Jr. I don't see how that. I don't see how we're gonna get into past lives, but I don't see how Oppenheimer. I don't see how it doesn't fucking take everything, dude. Especially because I think that it is very much like a movie that caters to the Academy. Like that's what they're the yes. type of shit they're looking for, you know? Yes. <clears throat> and, and it's also insane, dude, that. It made $950 million. A biopic that's three hours long. Like, there aren't too many people that can do that. He fucking did it. I mean, look at, uh, um, to, to, uh, to compare it to something that's out right now, modern, um, Napoleon. Now, it might be making money because it's Ridley Scott and Joaquin Phoenix, who is hugely bankable right now. But critically, man, I've, it's being panned. Yeah, it is. It's nowhere on the uh, near on the level of um, love that Oppenheimer got, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's not even take away the the Barbenheimer hype and shit. But I'm talking about just Oppenheimer by itself. Like mm-hmm. Napoleon is very like it's pandering <clears throat> in its shadow in a in a lot of ways so i agree with you completely i have been playing a lot of alan wake 2 and it might be man it might be one of my favorite pieces of media across the board from everything i've read this year everything i've watched everything i've played all the music i've listened to it's perfect dude it is kind of insane that they 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 they're doing what they're doing and they did what they did um it blends live action and and cgi and you playing the video game so damn well i've never seen it before um if you're a fan of the first one you're gonna be fuck you're gonna love this one i would say that if you're a fan of the first one and you haven't played the first one recently um there is a like a, a kind of like uh, what's it called like a recap but maybe go on YouTube and kind of like watch someone talk about the story of the first one because it's like a, the direct, direct sequel. Um, yeah, man, I can't. I, I haven't played. I haven't played uh, Baldur's Gate yet. That's something I want to play after this. I know it's a it's an RPG. I don't know if you've heard about it. Baldur's Gate. Um, yeah, my sister's uh, super yeah. into that. Um, it's fucking turn-based, dungeon and dragon style. 
dice fucking RPG game. Um, people are saying that that's the, the game of the year that's going to win game of the year in a couple weeks at the award show. Um, and I obviously we both played Spider-Man. Um, I haven't played Zelda or the new Mario, but man, this game is Alan Wake 2 is uh, what I always say, dude. It's the reason why we play video games. And it does, you know, what it too is I don't think I've felt, um, you know, there's tons of things that have come out in next gen and everything was look beautiful, but nothing has, has, has really like shit. Like this is fucking next. Even Spider-Man. Spider-Man was obviously it's, it's, it's massive and that would, would, wouldn't work on the PS4, but this feels like a game. Like I, they could never do this. You, you wouldn't be able to do this on, on, on last gen. All right, cool. Um, I have a couple for you. <clears throat> One, I'm pretty sure you're going to be, you can't, hopefully you don't get mad at me for this, but so I went to Boston recently and, uh, I know this movie takes place, place in, uh, Plymouth, Massachusetts. Um, we visited Salem specifically and we found a little indie theater over there and we checked out Thanksgiving. Um, and I know you have a, a gripe with this, uh, filmmaker, so I won't say his name, but, uh, but I'm going to tell you, man, Thanksgiving is a fucking, it's a hell of a throwback, fun, little smart slasher, dude. And, uh, a, a homage to eighties, uh, slasher cinema and it fucking fires on all cylinders. It's funny. It's gnarly with the kills. And it is, um, it has some like pretty great commentary on consumerism. I was very impressed, especially going back to the fact that this is based on a mock trailer that we got 16 years ago in the, uh, Rodriguez, uh, Tarantino double feature for Grindhouse. Um, very, very good stuff. Do I you have to decide I've heard good things about it. Everything, everybody, I, I, I you, everybody I've read on, on everything I've read on Twitter and everyone else I know, they say it's great. Um, but maybe I'll wait until, until when it comes, it comes to streaming or something like that. But I do believe it has the potential to be, um, the next big icon, iconic slasher and, mm. um, somewhat of a, uh, tradition for mm. that holiday Five, four, three, two, one. and now for the movie focus of the week i know you've been foaming at the mouth to talk about this since you went to see it i have i, have, I really have been <laughs> i've been like a rabid animal um all right man ready to dive in let's get into it so our movie focus of the week it's brought to you by ryan uh it's called Past Lives. It's rated PG-13. It's from 2023, earlier this year. It's a drama. It runs at one hour and 46 minutes, and it's got a very, very impressive 97 on Rotten. It was written and directed by Celine Song, starring Greta Lee, uh, Teo Yo, and John Majaro. The film follows the lives of two Korean friends over the span of 24 years, displaying the different paths that fate has sent them on. Past Lives is writer-director Celine Song's first, first feature-length film coming from a playwright background. 
Song absolutely nails her first outing behind the camera with this extremely thoughtful and realistic take on reminiscing about the past and what could have been. The characters are very soft and a bit muted with their dialogue, giving us plenty of nuanced backstory and filling just with their expressions throughout the different stages of their lives. Greta Lee, who portrays Nora Young, does a superb job with realizing her character bringing much of the conflict with wondering about uh, the life she could have potentially lived out had her family not moved from South Korea to Canada while she was a child. Dao Young, who portrays Ha Sung, brings a sadness to his character, ultimately being the one left behind by his uh, once childhood sweetheart. With Sung shooting his shot and visiting Nora several years later in New York City, we are witness to some inner conflict and boundaries with Nora now being happily married and coming to terms with how she had strayed away from her own culture in favor of a prominent career in America. Framed and shot brilliantly on 35mm by Shabir Kirshner, and with a score composed by Daniel Rosin and Christopher Bear, Past Lives A24 and Celine Sung come together to reinvent what a romance film can be or even represent. Not falling into the usual formula of a rom-com or your standard love triangle flick. Premiering at the Sundance Film Festival on January 21st, uh, 2023, and opening in the U.S. on June 2nd, 2023, the film was met with wide, widespread praise, earning $19.9 million at the box office against its $12 million budget. Sometimes you have to close a door to open a window. Three in Yoon's out of five. Thank you. We're going to talk about your rating later, <laughs> Other than that, bravo. All right, Ryan. Um, yes. I want to know wh- what what is so uh, heavy hitting about this film for you. I know you went to... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I see it in the theater, I believe, alone at a very specific time in your life. Do you think that this played um, a part in your connection with this film? Um, I definitely do. It's it's one of those... um, you know, I think we talked about it with the sound of metal, um, and this and <clears throat> this movie is is like that for me. Um, it's one of those movies that sits with you for a while, and this this movie is probably going to sit with me for, I know, I think the rest of my life, man. 
Um, it did come out, and I did see it, and it did come out in a time of my life where I was um, not in the maybe greatest uh, like um, mental state, I guess, um, going through a lot of things in my personal life. Um, and that's another, obviously, that's like I said, that's a reason why it, it, I connected with it so much as I did. For this being Celine Song's very first movie, writing, directing, um, it's kind of crazy. You know, you you hit you hit on on it in the, in the your your write up, but just the 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 themes of, of love and longing for someone, or even not even romantically, you know, you know, just in general, and then loneliness and, and, and it's it's theme of like drifting apart from someone are um is very especially with people who have who have <clears throat> um, been in those situations. It's it's kind of haunting, <laughs> um, and again, like you said in your write up, everything about it. Um, her, her direction, um, direction of cinematography, and Baron Rosen's this this score—it just so beautifully soft, and it's honestly a, a, a movie I think for the ages. It's definitely going to be looked back at a movie that that I think um, changed the way you can do a, a, a movie with those those themes and the, those those ideas absolutely agree you know it's very much on brand for a24 where it's like elevating now they're elevating other genres you know Mm -hmm. so it's getting super interesting because especially taking into account that this is semi um autobiographical of the filmmaker Mm -hmm. celine song who kind of went through this and i feel like that really seeps into the pages of of this script and it brings another dynamic when you know like oh this shit really went down and um Mm -hmm. as you go on the journey and then towards the end that's what's as you said before because um okay this is a movie that i watched specifically for the show i didn't get to see it in the theater and i actually Mm. funny enough coming back from my trip I watched, they had it available to stream on the plane. So I watched it in preparation for the show. I was like, you know, I'm never, uh, probably not going to get this chance to watch this movie in this setting ever again. So, Mm -hmm. so why not? You know? And then I did. And it was super, definitely not a bad experience, but off putting because you're just like completely gutted Mm -hmm. in such a way um, that is unusual. Um, and at first when I told you, I was like, and I'm sure you remember this vividly, but I was like, dude, it's missing all the, all the spicy stuff, you know, like what's (laughs) going, what's going on? Where's all the, where's all the drama, you know? And then your response, it kind of really had me self-reflect and I realized that's, that's the point is this movie is representing what it means to tackle these things in life from a healthy aspect you know Mm -hmm. 
where your two lead characters they're not doing anything there they, they, there's a, a certain maturity level there mm-hmm. and he, and even with arthur they could have wrote him as a prick you know because he's like the the kind of outsider that's coming in and is the variable that's keeping uh essentially kind of keeping them from getting together how they've always wanted but they mm-hmm. they write even author from a a place of empathy and they mm-hmm. make you like him and fall for him as well mm-hmm. uh so i thought that was really awesome that you kind of had me reevaluate or reinterpret this this story like like i said dude it, it's you have you kind of have to look at it like like how i said it it just doesn't have to be you know in life we're we're all all we want to do in life is make connections with people right whether that be romantic or the rather be um <clears throat> not you know yeah you know you have people coming in and out of your life and we've all had that whether like i said whether it be romantic or not i've had friends coming in out of my life where i honestly to right now i'm telling you and i can i can tell you that i've had best friends come out of my go go out of my life and and i wonder what 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 how our relationship would be now and i miss them as much as i would miss someone who i i dated or or i loved before um and and that's i think the 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 point that it's trying to get across Mm -hmm. um and you're right um arthur his character is you would think that his character would be written like that, right? Like a fucking asshole, but it's not what the movie is trying to do. Uh-huh. Um, and he's written just like everything else. And I'm going to keep continue to say it because that's, that's how I feel when I watch this movie up to the very end, very, you know, obviously mature and, and just soft and understanding. And he didn't have to be that way. And in there's times in the movie where he kind of, yeah, I think he even tells Nora, like, would you think he's, do you think he's good looking? He, and he, he even says, he's like, you're not going to, it's not like you're going to run away with him or something, right? Yeah. You know, and that's as far as it goes. And it's just almost like a reassurance thing. Um, but he mm-hmm. never crosses that boundary into making her intentionally feel bad or abuse, mm-hmm. you know, and that's where <clears throat> I think watching the trailer um they lead you to believe there's going to be this big kind of blowout or or um possibly like some like huge conflict you know the way that Mm. these type of movies tend to have and Mm. it's almost kind of like writing against cliches completely um and that's something that i could super respect from this and Mm. i think that it's going to give it its its longevity and that's why it's kind of um like a huge success with both critics and fans where we were both like on this um equal plane of like yeah this is masterful and to think that this is celine's first film ever and to come at it from a you know the a perspective of like such grace and ease and it, it, like when you watch this it feels like a seasoned director who's done eight or nine films easy mm-hmm. you know and she hasn't so it makes me 
as a, a film lover be super interest, interested in seeing like what is she going to tackle next mm-hmm. i just wanted to point out that um even the way that the film s- starts is uh is incredible where you're you're you you're seeing them essentially uh, what is the end of the film where they're at this bar like early in the morning slash late at night having this conversation and you're hearing like spectators around from the other side of the bar talking about what are you know what is the connection between these three and they're kind of contemplating of like you know uh like are is that their is author their tourist or like their you know the two korean people or the the couple like it's just like this kind of outsider perspective and then you get um greta lee break the fourth wall and look straight at the camera and then you know the story starts or whatever i thought that that was a pretty magnificent way (laughs) to kind of open your, your i don't know it's just it's on another level man a24 mm-hmm. dude super yeah man yeah i remember <laughs> dude the theater i went to first off it was a big theater like i was i walked in I'm like why would they put this fucking movie in this, this bigger theater <laughs> um legit dude just me is a younger girl in front of me and this these two older like ladies in front of me that's it and i i wouldn't be i i walked out i was fucking like wiping the tears out of my eyes. The girl in front of me was like ugly, ugly crying. And the two ladies to the side of me were honestly, it looked like they were like comforting themselves. Like the both, both of them. Um, it's, it's just, it, it's just incredible, dude. And it's, it's like I said, we, we've kind of hit these movies, these two movies back to back um, with Sound of Metal and this. It's, this is the reason why we love movies. You know, it's the reason why we we, we do this show for, you know, every, every week for an hour and a half. Um, this is the type of movie, we, you know, that I love. Like, that isn't just... It's, it's fucking life-changing in the fact that it, it makes you think about things differently. And, and definitely is my is my this is my number one this is my favorite movie of the year because of all the things I said um, and obviously my my like obviously I'm gonna kind of I fell in love with it more and obviously you appreciate it and you get where I'm coming from and, and but you're not gonna obviously be in my we're not in the same shoes you know we're, we're going through two different things. I was going through what I was going through when I saw it. So that's another reason why I love it so much. Um, and that's fine. That's okay. <clears throat> but I definitely believe that this is, this should be on everyone's top 10 list. Everyone should check it out because I think that a lot of people still haven't. It's kind of flying under the radar. Um, and it's a big year for movies, dude. And like we were talking about Oppenheimer. I really hope, I really, really hope Celine gets nominated. Or director and or at least screenplay, dude. Because writer, it, it's incredible. It's it, this is her first time. I would be very surprised if it doesn't get nominated for at least a few different categories. Seeing as 
um, Sound of Metal was recognized. Um, mm-hmm. I would hope that they are going to do the same for Celine because it is very, very deserving of that. It's a, it's a, it's a masterful film and 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 something that is a. Another thing to appreciate about it is it's you you don't have to be, um, like an immigrant to, um, understand the story or or find a a relationship with it and yourself. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a the 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 tone and um, the themes are are universal and there's something I think for everyone to find in this that they're going to relate back to. Um, a certain point in in their lives, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, dude. We've all we've all loved and we've all lost and we've all felt that grief. And and some of us uh, leave that grief behind. And and some of us kind of, I think, not some of us. I think all of us. If you've, if you've experienced any type of grief, it kind of. Uh, you just kind of have you just kind of learn to live with it and i think at the end of the movie we haven't really talked about the end um but i have essentially i think that's what happens <laughs> and i think that's why it's just like i was telling you before like it just everything is so soft and and, and, and beautiful and then at the end and the end scene and what happens and what's happening in that scene is just um incredibly heartbreaking and like earth shattering you know universe shattering (laughs) if if we're you know talking about the movie i don't think um i also think that um arthur's character was written the way it was especially how well he takes at the very end at you know at the very end when they say goodbye um to show people that you can be even 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 in the in the, the kind of most awkward of situations and kind of um, situations like he, he even says like he, he never thought he would be in that, that situation. You can be, um, um, what, what is that word I'm trying to look for? Um, that you're able as a, as a man to take, you can take the high road. Like, yeah, you don't have to play into this like machista culture that I feel like we, we have especially yeah, no, exactly yeah. and, and, and it's kind of crazy it's and it's not saying like we just we were saying you know he kind of he has his he he, he the, some of the things he says yeah i think we would all say you know and we're or we in relationships we've all said and all of all thought because you know you, you're lying to yourself if, you, if you're if you're you say that you've never been insecure about something you know so arthur's character is that reminder that it doesn't have to be like that and and if you're in if you're ever if you're ever in those shoes, his shoes, and you have something going on like that, it doesn't even have to be that to an extent that you can be understanding. So, the the the, the interesting thing about Arthur is that him and uh, Nora are in a interracial um, marriage, and he he kind of brings this up in the way where they're, they're in bed right in the middle of the movie. And he says like, you know, I've always thought it was so cute that you, when you dream, like you're, you're not speaking in English. You're, you're, you speak in, uh, 
Korean, like your native language. And she was like, oh, I didn't know that. You know, and that's almost like um, him revealing like his insecurities. And that mm-hmm. plays into, I think, <clears throat> his like, he, he is a little nervous about Ha Sung, you know, coming and, and making all this effort to find her in New York because it's almost like I'm him realizing like there is always going to be that disconnection uh, between me and my wife and this guy has the upper hand, you know, and I think that that's natural, but it's how you're able to navigate through that, which makes you either a shitty person or a good person. And um, Mm -hmm. fortunately for Arthur, he's able to, like you said, take the high road and it works out for him in the end Mm -hmm. by not. That's one of my favorite quotes in the movie. What he tells her. Yeah, man, I, I can't wait. I can't wait till hopefully someone um, presses this score on on vinyl because I'll be the first one to line up by it in my room, <laughs> and then I'll be just playing it for that day in my room, crying <laughs> in the field position. Did um has uh can I ask? Did has Sandy seen this yet, or did you go see it again? Uh, she saw it. I think the tears were rolling down her eyes at the end of. As I'm sure everyone, everyone was that has uh, that's not dead inside, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. That that that, that final scene, man, is is <clears throat> it, this. It's, it's so funny because this movie is probably going to turn into one of those movies. Is like uh, one of my comfort movies. Um, and pro- probably every time I watch it, I, I'm going to have the same reaction at the end. It's going to be your um, new uh, crazy stupid love, right? I don't think anything is going to be my crazy stupid love. That movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh. I'll tell you what. That crazy stupid love is a movie that I'll put on all the time, like no matter what. If I'm happy, if I'm sad, like fucking, I'm gonna put crazy stupid love on or I'm gonna have in the background. You're like, when I'm working, I just put on the audio <laughs> and I listen to the audio of crazy stupid love while I'm in the fridge, dude. <laughs> what do you think about that from her perspective and from his perspective and from arthur's perspective i thought it was it was awesome because you finally see her bring down um that wall that she clearly had up where she's very <laughs> stoic throughout the entire thing and is very hesitant to show any real kind of emotion and then we finally get it in those the final frames as she's going back to arthur and going up the steps and she breaks down you know mm. <clears throat> and it's interesting because i feel like a lot of this is like um occupational like uh, like job based as her nor her or song were really willing to invest in each other rather than their career i feel like they were very mm-hmm. much on different paths as and, and were like no we're not going to see each other like until like a year or two like th- this needs to stop you know with the skype calls and everything and i feel like that's why this whatever they had kind of um flounders in a way it's just not the right time like maybe they were the right people but it wasn't the right right time um, mm-hmm. but i don't mean to 
to steal your question, what what does the ending mean to you, or how did you interpret it? I I, I inter- interpret it the same way. I feel like that you, at the end you you finally get her 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 emotions that you had been waiting for the entire film, right? The entire film you're kind of waiting, like man, show something, you know. And and she kind of doesn't, and she has her reason. And I'm um, and at the end, when when um, when he leaves, she it, it all comes, you know, it all comes out of her. Every all the emotions come out of her, and she she falls in Arthur's arms, <clears throat> and it's just a beautiful scene of of her realizing, not even realizing of her kind of knowing, you know, from what I think, um, just how I'm reading it, you know, kind of knowing that that's the last time she's ever going to see him. It's heartbreaking to think that on top of the fact that he just never found the right time. And on the flip side of it, on Arthur's side, um, it's beautiful because he's understanding of that, and he he <clears throat> he's letting her um, let all those emotions out because he loves her. And on on uh, Ha Sung Ha Sung, um, I think he you know he went <clears throat> for closure and he got it. And that, that that last scene of him driving off is kind of like that in the beginning when she's sitting right next to him and their kids and he's looking off into the sunset and, and then flash forward and it's the same thing and he kind of doesn't really have like a smile on his face but you could tell that it's what he needed and that he's um, happy that he got that that closure. Yeah, I think for some people you really you need that. Um whether it be for better or for worse, you need it to move on in life mm-hmm. and pursue other things. It really does. Um, it really does help. And I like that kind of <clears throat> incorporating that, the, the, the culture of the, that like philosophy of in Yoon where it's like, maybe we're not working out in this life because we were already together in a, in a, in, 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 um, in a past life. Mm-hmm. Um, super fascinating stuff because they're in one of the conversations towards the end of the film they're kind of going back and forth and making cracking jokes about you know what they could have been to each other for them to come to this point in, in this life you know it's pretty sad but I mean pretty genius it, 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 yeah no it, 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 it's super sad to think about you know um and they're just sitting there talking over drinks about it. And you're kind of watching it like, Jesus Christ, this is kind of getting really sad. And they don't they don't seem to be sad about it. Um, like I said, I, I can't say any, anything anything better about this movie, man. It's it's to me it's the perfect film and I really hope everyone goes and watches it and buys it and streams it and hopefully the Academy and the Globes, they give it all the awards least the nominations because i definitely think it deserves it it's gonna be tough beating out 
Nolan and Scorsese for everything, though. Did you know that Celine Song, um, <clears throat> she didn't allow uh, Sung or Arthur to meet each other until they're seen together for the first time on film? I did not know that. That's fucking incredible. So when he, now that I'm he, now that I'm I'm like it kind of looks like that scene really really feels like they're meeting for the first time. Yeah, you they, know, like you can you can tell. Yeah, she didn't allow them to practice or do anything. So all of that shit is organic. <clears throat> Again, dude, first time, first <laughs> first full feature feature length and, and writing credit, and she does this. I guess her the um the uh the purpose behind that is that she didn't want them to to create the same chemistry knowing too much about each other so she wanted Sung's chemistry with um with Nora to be its own thing and then her chemistry with Arthur to be completely different and I feel like that it, it worked Right, because mm-hmm. it's a com- like two completely different um, relationships or viewpoints, especially when you see them separate on on screen, like how they interact with each other or whatever. And then going back to the to the kid actors, um, I guess they Celine was able to to pick the young girl that we see on film right away, but then she had, I think it was three kids for the for the for the boy to come in and do readings so that they were able to get the the chemistry right right and then the one that she ended up picking that we saw in the film made the little girl cry with um when he was like i guess she had to read the line him read the lines where it's like can you please like don't leave and continue to be my friend or whatever and how he delivered that to this little girl he made her cry or whatever and then ask Celine like like is my character gonna have to really leave Korea like is that something that I'm gonna have to do and she was like well your character yes but not not you like you're able to stay or whatever. but I thought that was crazy <laughs> that's awesome damn I think that she was able to like capture that Sunrise trilogy that uh, Richard Linklater did. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. seen those films or you're, if you're aware of them. I feel like yeah, yeah, yeah. She totally tapped into that minimalist um, mm-hmm. style and just executed it on her own terms incredibly well. You know, I didn't. You said something in the beginning, and I, I hadn't thought about that, but. The, you know, A24 is, is, has been elevating everything, and now they're elevating this type of, of, of genre of film. Yeah, because if you think about it, they were known for a while for, like, horror, right? Mm-hmm. And then they're slowly, like, you have, um, like, shit like Uncut Gems, which is, mm-hmm. I don't know what you would call that, like, a, a crime drama, I guess? Completely ele- yeah. elevated. Elevated, yeah. Speaking of uncut gems and going back to Oppenheimer, what the fuck, bro? He's even good in it. <laughs> yeah. When the Safties is just the fucking awesome in it. 
too, uh, oh man, too, just too talented, I guess. <laughs> um, God, I wish you could have saw the explosion on the big screen though. Cause it's pretty fucking loud. <laughs> I can only imagine. I'm sure that I'll be able to be able to see it. They'll bring it back at some point, whatever anniversary oh, yeah. or something. Okay, um, I know you had a you you weren't wild on my rating. What's your rating for this? A perfect five out of five? Oh yeah, dude, this is five out of five for me. Okay, yeah, this is. I think uh, if I'm like I'm looking like at my letterbox, this is like the only movie I've. Uh, Oppenheimer. I gave it four, but like thinking about it, I'm gonna go back and, and change it to four and a half. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, Barbie's at four and a half. There's still a good amount of movies dude, that I need to see. There's, I need to see The Killer. I, I, I know it's been getting shit on, but I, I really do need to see Napoleon, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying that I'm not going to see it. I'm just kind of like, and you know, I, I love Ridley Scott, but sometimes he does some uh, stinkers, you know. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> And I want to know, a big thing I want to know is why the fuck doesn't Joaquin Phoenix have a friend? Why doesn't he have an accent? It's fucking Ridley Scott, bro. (laughs) 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 Like people have been asking him that those questions, like the, the, the historical accuracy of of this movie is like in the dumpster. And he's like, in his interviews, he's just like, "Oh, Oh, well, yeah i i I seen when he's like um when people ask me why why all of these historical inaccuracies i look at them i say hey mate were you uh were you there were you alive at that time no well okay well then shut the fuck up (laughs) and i can i can uh i can appreciate that him taking uh, some creative liberties, of course, you know, embellishments and whatever he did with mm-hmm. Gladiator. Gladiator is a fucking perfect movie and it's historically inaccurate. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's still a good movie, right? But over, like, not including the accent is a huge oversight for me. <laughs> that ta- It's like, that will take you out of the movie. Like, there's no excuse for, th- <laughs> like, Phoenix didn't feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> like, I, I, I would think that you wouldn't even have to ask somebody to do that, that they would just do it. Like, he had to have had some kind of deep dive into research of the character at some point you know and then Mm -hmm. of course and then there's the thing that maybe they're able to execute this with shooting him but it's like napoleon was a short little turd and joaquin that's the best that's the biggest my the biggest thing i see napoleon is he was just like a little fucking (laughs) roly-poly and joaquin does not look like that in the movie (laughs) (laughs) um also, Napoleon is is pretty long too, right? It's like what two hours and something. Yeah, I believe it's like yeah. I know uh, I read fifty eight minutes. Oh, uh, I mean one hundred fifty eight minutes. Oh, okay. 
I read that there's a uh, Apple Plus is going to be supposedly releasing a four hour cut of the, Jesus of the of the movie. <laughs> Maybe in that cut we'll get his his accent. Yeah, he gets it like, eventually. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Any? Did you have any final thoughts on past lives besides telling everybody to go watch it? Go stream it. It's it's available on demand. Uh, like you said at the top of the show, that you think that it's it's kind of flying under the radar, um, maybe getting buried by other bigger stuff. But go seek this out because it's worth your time. Yes, uh, yes, all of that. <laughs> I think I've already spoken my 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 piece on it. And... Do you want to know what we're going to be talking about? Um, for our end of November Chris Pollock episode. Yes. So. I do. We're taking it back to 1999 with Martin Scorsese's Bringing Out the Dead. Interesting. That's a movie no one fucking talks about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is fucking weird because it's it's amazing it's got a dynamite cast, you know, you got Nicolas Cage, Rage Caging all over the screen. <laughs> it's from one of the best years in cinema. Don't at me. 99, 99. <laughs> Is that Good Will Hunting or 98? Uh, I'll fact check that, but I think it's 98. What else came out in 99? Oh, Good Will is 97. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Office Space, Big Daddy, Cruel Intentions, The Talented Mr. Ripley, The Iron Giant, Existence, American Beauty, Broke Down Palace, Go, Eyes Wide Shut, Teaching Mrs. Tingle, Fight Club, 8mm, uh, Stir of Echoes, Summer of Sam, Jawbreaker. 10 Things I Hate About You Too, 99? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God damn, you might be right. Matrix, Mummy, Jesus Christ! All right, you may be right. Six Sense, Magnolia, Magnolia, fuck. Three Kings. Told you, Toy Story Two, The Green Mile, your favorite South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. <laughs> <laughs> October Sky. That's a good movie. It is. That's fucking vintage uh, Gyllenhaal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fucking idle hands? What? Told you. <laughs> God damn it. It just goes okay. on and on and on. Oh, okay. Fucking blast from the past. Yeah, 99 was fucking cold. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, bringing out the dead. Chris Pollock's uh, end of the month takeover. It's going to be awesome to dive into this. It doesn't get enough love, and it really should. Um, Scott, co-starring Patricia Arquette, John Goodman, amongst so many others. It might be Scorsese's most criminally underrated film, where people don't even associate him with this or are unaware that he even did it. Mm. And it's definitely among... I think some of his best work outside <clears throat> of the uh, the gangster stuff, of course, which, he, which I think he's really known for. 
and yeah, this was a lot of fun. Ryan, thank you for picking this movie. And welcome back to the show. This is Drop the Mic. And uh, I'm Wesley Swanson. He's Ryan Jimenez. Uh, and we're signing off. Saying good fight. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And good night. The guy flew 13 hours to be here. I'm not going to tell you that you can't see him or something. If two strangers walk by each other in the street and their clothes accidentally brush, that means there have been 8,000 layers of inyan. Between them, want you to stay.